0: It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos eight, eleven, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east, This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shemene, and it means 8th. Leviticus 10, 11-20 For you must distinguish between the sacred and the profane, and between the unclean and the clean, and you must teach the Israelites all the laws which Hashem has imparted to them through Moses. Moses spoke to Aaron and to his remaining sons Eleazar and Itamar. Take the meal offering that is left over from Hashem's offerings by fire and eat it unleavened beside the altar, for it is most holy. You shall eat it in the sacred precinct, inasmuch as it is your due, and that of your children, from Hashem's offerings by fire, for so I have been commanded. But the breast of elevation offering, and the thigh of gift offering, you and your sons and daughters with you, may eat in any clean place, For they have been assigned as a due to you and your children from the Israelites' sacrifices of well-being. Together with the fat of fire offering, they must present the thigh of gift offering, and the breast of elevation offering, which are to be elevated as an elevation offering before HaShem, and which are to be your due and that of your children with you for all time, as HaShem has commanded. Then Moses inquired about the goat of sin-offering, and it had already been burned. He was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, Aaron's remaining sons, and said, Why did you not eat the sin-offering in the sacred area? For it is most holy, and he has given it to you to remove the guilt of the community and to make expiation for them before Hashem. Since its blood was not brought inside the sanctuary, you should certainly have eaten it in the sanctuary as I commanded. And Aaron spoke to Moses, See, this day they brought their sin offering and their burnt offering before Hashem, and such things have befallen me. Had I eaten sin offering today, would Hashem have approved? And when Moses heard this, he approved. Joshua 5:1 to 7:15 When all the kings of the Amorites on the western side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites near the sea heard how Hashem had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the sake of the Israelites until they crossed over they lost heart and no spirit was left in them because of the Israelites at that time HaShem said to Joshua, Make flint knives and proceed with the second circumcision of the Israelites. So Joshua had flint knives made, and the Israelites were circumcised at Gibeth Haraloth. This is the reason why Joshua had the circumcision performed. All the people who had come out of Egypt, all the males of military age had died, during the desert wanderings after leaving Egypt. Now whereas all the people who came out of Egypt had been circumcised, none of the people born after the Exodus during the desert wanderings had been circumcised. For the Israelites had traveled in the wilderness forty years until the entire nation, the men of military age who had left Egypt, had perished, because they had not obeyed HaShem, and HaShem had sworn never to let them see the land that HaShem had sworn to their fathers to assign to us, a land flowing, with milk and honey. But he had raised up their sons in their stead, and it was these that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, not having been circumcised on the way. After the circumcising of the whole nation was completed, they remained where they were in the camp until they recovered and Hashem said to Joshua today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt so that place was called Gilgal as it still is encamped at Gilgal in the steps of Jericho the Israelites offered the Pesach sacrifice on the fourteenth day of the month toward evening on the day after the Pesach offering on that very day they ate of the produce of the country unleavened bread and parched grain on that same day when they ate of the produce of the land the manna ceased the Israelites got no more manna that year they ate of the yield of the land of Canaan once When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing before him, drawn sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and asked him, Are you one of us, or of our enemies? He replied, No, I am captain of Hashem's host. Now I have come. Joshua threw himself face down to the ground, and prostrating himself, said to him, What does my lord command his servant? The captain of HaShem's host answered, Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was shut up tight because of the Israelites. No one could leave or enter. HaShem said to Joshua, See, I will deliver Jericho and her king and her warriors into your hands. Let all your troops march around the city and complete one circuit of the city. Do this six days, with seven Kohanim carrying seven Shofarot, preceding the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, with the Kohanim blowing the Shofars. And when a long blast is sounded on the Shofar, as soon as you hear that sound of the Shofar, all the people shall give a mighty shout. Thereupon the city wall will collapse, and the people shall advance, every man straight ahead. Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the Kohanim and said to them, Take up the ark, and let seven Kohanim carrying seven shofars precede the ark of Hashem. And he instructed the people, Go forward, march around the city with the vanguard marching in front of the ark of Hashem. When Joshua had instructed the people, the seven Kohanim carrying seven shofars advanced before Hashem, blowing their shofars, and the ark followed them. The vanguard marched in front of the Kohanim who were blowing the shofars, and the rear guard marched behind the ark, with the shofars sounding all the time. But Joshua's orders to the rest of the people were, Do not shout! do not let your voices be heard, and do not let a sound issue from your lips until the moment that I command you, SHOUT. Then you shall shout. So he had the Ark of HaShem go around the city and complete one circuit. Then they returned to camp and spent the night in camp. Joshua rose early the next day, and the Kohanim took up the Ark of HaShem while the seven kohanim burying the seven shofars marched in front of the Ark of Hashem, blowing the shofars as they marched. The vanguard marched in front of them, and the rear guard marched behind the Ark of Hashem, with the shofars sounding all the time. And so they marched around the city once more on the second day and returned to the camp. They did this for six days on the seventh day they rose at daybreak and marched around the city in the same manner seven times that was the only day that they marched around the city seven times on the seventh round as the kohanim blew the shofar as joshua commanded the people shout for hashem has given you the city The city and everything in it are to be proscribed for Hashem. Only Rahab the harlot is to be spared and all who are with her in the house because she hid the messengers we sent. But you must be be beware of that which is proscribed or else you will be proscribed. If you take anything from that which is proscribed, you will cause the camp of Israel to be proscribed. You will bring calamity upon it. All the silver and gold and objects of copper and iron are consecrated to Hashem. They must go into the treasury of Hashem. So the people shouted when the shofars were sounded. When the people heard the sound of the shofars, the people raised a mighty shout, and the wall collapsed. The people rushed into the city, every man straight in front of him, and they captured the city they exterminated everything in the city with one sword, the man and women, young and old, ox and sheep and donkeys. But Joshua bade the two men who had spied out the land go into the harlot's house and bring out the women and all that belonged to her as you swore to her. So the young spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father and her mother, her brothers, and all that belonged to her. They brought out her whole family, and left them outside the camp of Israel. They burned down the city and everything in it, but the silver and gold and the objects of copper and iron were deposited in the treasury of the house of Hashem. Only Rahab the harlot and her father's family were spared by Joshua, along with all that belonged to her, and she dwelt among the Israelites, as is still the case where she had hidden the messengers that Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. At that time Joshua pronounced this oath, Cursed of Hashem be the man who shall undertake to fortify the city of Jericho. He shall lay its foundations at the cost of his firstborn and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest. Hashem was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. The Israelites, however, violated the proscription. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerach, of the tribe of Yehudah, took of that which was proscribed, and Hashem was incensed with the Israelites. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which lies close to Beth-haven, east of Bethel, with orders to go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and reported to him, Not all the troops need to go up. Let two or three thousand men go and attack Ai. Do not trouble all the troops to go up there, for the people there are few. So about three thousand of the troops marched up there, but they were routed by the men of Ai. The men of Ai killed about thirty-six of them, pursuing them outside the gate as far as Shabirim, and cutting them down along the descent. And the heart of the troops sank in utter dismay. Joshua thereupon rent his clothes. He and the elders of Israel lay until evening, with their faces to the ground in front of the ark, and they strewed earth on their heads. "'Ah, Hashem!' cried Joshua." Why did you lead this people across the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites, to be destroyed by them? If only we had been content to remain on the other side of the Jordan. O HaShem, what can I say after Israel has turned tail before its enemies? When the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land hear of this, they will turn upon us and wipe out our very name from the earth. And what will you do about your great name? But Hashem answered Joshua, Arise, Why do you lie prostrate? Israel has sinned. They have broken the covenant by which I bound them. They have taken of the proscribed and put it in their vessels. They have stolen. They have broken faith." Therefore, the Israelites will not be able to hold their ground against their enemies. They will have to turn tail before their enemies, for they have become proscribed. I will not be with you anymore, unless you root out from among you what is proscribed. Go and purify the people. Order them. Purify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says Hashem, the God of Israel, Something proscribed is in your midst, O Israel and you will not be able to stand up to your enemies until you have purged the proscribed from among you. Tomorrow morning you shall present yourselves by tribes. Whichever tribe Hashem indicates shall come forward by clans. The clan that Hashem indicates shall come forward by ancestral houses, and the ancestral house that Hashem indicates shall come forward man by man. Then he who is indicated for proscription and all that is his shall be put to the fire, because he broke the covenant of Hashem, and because he committed an outrage in Israel. Luke 15, 1-32 Then drew near to him Yeshua, all the publicans and sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently, till she find it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave to him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in, therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve you, neither transgressed I at any time your commandment, and yet you never gave me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this your son was come, which has devoured your living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this your brother was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. Psalm 81, 1-16 to Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. You called in trouble and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I proved you at the waters of Meribah. Selah Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto you. O Israel, if you will hearken unto me, there shall no strange God be in you, neither shall you worship any strange God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel with none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways! I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their enemies. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured for ever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied you. Proverbs 13.1 A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner hears not rebuke. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Joshua. And specifically, I want to go into Joshua chapter 6. And we read the account of how Joshua and his men marched around the walls of Jericho seven days. And on the seventh day, they marched around the walls seven times and they did not say a single word. They were silent, but on the seventh day, they blew the shofars, and then the walls miraculously and supernaturally came tumbling down. Now, if you go by Jericho today, it's completely surrounded with new walls, and they are man-made walls that have been built, because Jericho now is a Palestinian outpost a Palestinian community and the Jewish people have put walls around the Palestinian communities for their own safety to keep the terrorists away there's been a huge uptick in terrorism in Israel and even just today on this day of recording there was yet another attack and a soldier is in the hospital with his life dangling by a threat, after they took Jericho and they exterminated everything in the city with the sword, um, they burnt the city and everything in it, and nothing was to be set aside. it was all to be destroyed. Joshua in chapter 6 verse 26, he pronounces a curse upon the city. And let's just read that verse again. At that time, Joshua pronounced this oath. Cursed of Hashem be the man who shall undertake to fortify this city of Jericho. He shall lay its foundations at the cost of his firstborn and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest. So he spoke this curse. Now, Jericho did get rebuilt. And did this prophecy come to pass in fact it did so i looked it up and researched it and found um, an article on it at thebible.net and an article there about the curse of jericho and so i'm just going to share from this article about how this curse was fulfilled in 1 kings chapter 16 verse 34 The scriptures tell us how it was fulfilled. In his days did Heel the Bethelite, build Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. There they stood in the smoking ruins of what was left of Jericho. The Israelites had marched, shouted, blown, slaughtered, and burned. What does God want them to do now? Actually, it is what he does not want them to do that is important. He commands them to never rebuild the city that he had destroyed. Jericho was very pleasantly situated, and its nearness to Jordan was an advantage which would tempt succeeding generations to build on the same spot. Nonetheless, they are warned of what would happen to one who decided to rebuild the city. His oldest son would die when he began the work, and if he persisted, he would attend the funeral of his youngest son when he finished it. About 530 years later, in 850 B.C., during the reign of very wicked King Ahab, when idolatry in Israel was rampant. A man named Hiel of Bethel rebuilt Jericho, and just as God had said, when he laid the foundation, he lost his firstborn son, Abiram, and when he set up the city gates, he lost his youngest son, Segub as it's written in First Kings chapter 16, verse 34. What a sacrifice to make for a city. So, perhaps God wanted the ruins left as a sermon written in stone. They would be permanent proof of God's displeasure with idolatry and his power over idol gods. A new city would erase the memory of God's judgment. The wrecked city would also serve as a reminder that God fights for his people and that it is foolish to trust in the arm of flesh. So we see that this prophecy was fulfilled. Now I'd like you to enjoy... A, an awesome song, a very powerful song. It's called Jericho, The Shout of Victory. And the singer, Anna is Carmen. Please enjoy.
1: shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And he shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do, Six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark, seven trumpets of rams horns, and the seventh day he shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the rams horn, and when ye he hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. The people shall ascend up every man straight before him. For the Lord hath said unto Joshua, Shout, for I have given you the city.
2: The inhabitants of Jericho were perverted by sin and corrupt. Surrounded by walls so thick that chariots raced on top. With ladders, catapults, and spearheads ready, and blazing in the sun, the armies of Israel stood waiting for commands of war to come. For 39 years, Joshua was trained under Moses' righteous hand. And it was Joshua who led nearly 3 million Israelites into the Promised Land. Now Moses was dead, and the real test came. Could he simply follow God's word and do something that to the natural mind would be? utterly absurd. Without Moses to ask advice of, or an advisory committee, God said, the walls will fall. Just tell them, shout, for I have given you the city. Now God was putting in operation, a principle of war sitting at our disposal weaponry that drops demons to the floor. Something with tremendous power that assassinates fear and doubt. It's the high praises of victory unleashed by a shout. When David played his songs of praise, demons fled from Saul. As Paul and Silas worshiped God, the chains began to fall. It lifts us above the circumstance and lets God's power flow. The shout of victory binds the devil with chains that won't let go. So with the confidence of warring angels, Israel stood stone ready to obey Joshua, speak to their mountain, and shout for God was giving them the city. days they marched round Jericho, and the last day they marched seven. While the Canaanites jeered from their evil walls, Israel's faith reached heaven. Before any manifestation, with every brick still in place, Eyeball to eyeball, they looked fear dead in its face. They didn't wait to feel some earthquake, or to see a lightning flash. They didn't need to hear a theatric rumble, or a mind-blowing crash. They prepared their souls for victory. Now it's God's turn to come through. They'd scream their lungs out simply because they believed God's word was true. So with the high praises of God in their mouths came a massive, there came a volcanic sound and Israel shouted in victory and they shouted in faith. And the walls came tumbling
1: down.
2: This is where we come in. Now how many know the anointing breaks the yokes of the bondages of sin? If sin can't survive in the anointed moving, spontaneous praise of man. The devil's torment and sickness can't function when we worship and when we pray cause the church of the living God is still alive and well today. Now how many here within the sound of my voice are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? You ready to tear down walls that have held you captive tonight? You're sick and tired of being down and out and you want to be up and coming? You ready to ransack the kingdom of darkness and send some devils running? Ready to let some strongholds fall That have never fallen before How many know it's not by might Nor by power But by my spirit, says the Lord And in the name of Jesus Christ I challenge you tonight And I dare you I said, I dare you To forget the person next to you And trials you've been in Forget religious do's and don'ts And traditions made of men But with a shout of victory on your lips, with praise declaring war, to leap up on your feet right now, make a joyful noise and praise the Lord!
1: ye Adonai adon
2: na nafil khan
1: dekhun